0: Pastors, Larry and Tears welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Good morning and welcome to our class, Leaders for Life. I was, good morning. I was asked one time why, when someone didn't feel like a leader, I had added them to the class and they wanted to know where the name came from. And you know, leadership is really only about influence. And all of us are influencers. If you're a mom in the home, then you're influencing your family. If you're in the marketplace, you're influencing the people around you. Or you could just be a client customer, and that means that every time you go to the nail salon, the hair salon, buy gas, buy groceries, you're influencing someone. So I named it Leaders for Life a number of years ago because I want all of us to understand that we have influence. Uh, After the class gets started, we have two people that will be joining us. Uh, They just moved here from uh, Puerto Rico. And I'm going to be going over the um, volunteer ministry application. But I did have another piece that um, I was reading yesterday, and I thought, ooh, this is too good. I've got to share this. How many of you have traveled recently outside continental United States? Raise your hand. Okay. How much security is there at the airport? (laughs) What's one thing you have to have when you first get there? Passport. Mm Mm-hmm. And do they let you just wander on through? No. You get wait in a long line. First of all, you wait in a line to get your boarding pass, unless you've pre-printed pre, uh, it. And then you go through, and if you're lucky enough to have a, a well-known traveler, TSA, then you can go to a short line. However, there's so many of those people now that sometimes the TSA line is longer than the regular line. And then you'd think after you got through all those armed guards, once you got to the gate, that they would let you on. But still, sometimes you have to show all this ID. And it got this guy to thinking, this is on the Jewish website, and he said, if I have to show so much identification to make sure that I'm who I say I am and that I'm authorized to be on a flight, then how does that apply to my life? Because, you know, the Jewish culture, I mean, they really do. Everything is spiritual and physical. When Pastor Larry taught that from the pulpit, that was the first time I had heard that God does everything in in the physical and in the spiritual. But if you do any reading whatsoever of, of Torah rabbis or is it rabbis? Is that what they call the women, the rabbis? Anyway, they're always comparing what is... I know it sounds like rabbit rabies, doesn't it? But um, they're always comparing what happens in the natural to something that is supernatural. So this one talks about, this was his aha moment. This week's Torah portion speaks of establishing judicial systems throughout the land of Israel. Okay, I'm going to pause right there. A hundred years ago when I worked in corporate America, um, I joined a team and we had over a hundred branches that I was responsible for their marketing and sales. I was the vice president in charge of regional sales. And I had just gone through Exodus with my ladies Sunday school class that I taught. And I came across the portion about Moses dividing everybody up. And I was kind of thinking about that all throughout the week after I taught it. And my boss called me in, and he said, you know, we've got a huge territory. Um, Oregon is kind of a square, and Portland is kind of in the upper left-hand corner. And the rest of the state is just kind of open, and that was all my territory. So he's talking about all the different branch managers and service managers and how hard it is to communicate with them. And all of a sudden, I'm going, ding, 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 ding. How about we create little clusters? And you have a manager that has maybe several branches underneath them. Well, the system worked extremely well. And that was 100 years ago, like I say. But it was like that was a spiritual uh, application that could really take place in a physical format, we had a number of branch managers who had reached capacity for their grade as far as salary was concerned. We didn't want to lose them to local banks because back then we would train them, we would educate them, we would send them out and they'd get their banker's degree and then they'd be hired by a local bank because they were all trained and ready and we'd lose them. So this was a way for a branch manager and a branch service manager to have between four and ten branches underneath them to where they could have a pay raise. All we had to do was deal with those area managers. I loved it. So that was the first time, even before I ever heard the name Larry and Tizhock, the first time that I realized that the Bible wasn't just a bunch of stories that kept me saved and on my way to heaven. It really had some practical application. So to watch and listen to Jewish teaching and writings, it's like, yeah, this makes sense. So here this guy is talking about the legal things. Uh, judges and, and officers, uh, they said you should appoint for yourself and all your gates. These judges must be knowledgeable of Torah law and live by them. So the judges were at the gates of the city. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay. Um, yep. Wait a minute here. We, we each possess entry points through which impressions of the world around us are received. Our eyes and our ears take in continuous stimuli and information. And things enter and exit through the mouth. Now you know where I'm going with this because you've been around me long enough to know how I teach. We have gates. And when you're first saved, the gates probably are pretty big and you no longer sleep around or get drunk or do drugs. I mean there's a lot of things you don't kill anybody and those big gates you kind of you're you're good with. But as we mature in the Lord, because the Bible says to work out your salvation, and that doesn't mean we work in order to be saved. It means that we have to watch our path. And again, salvation is free. Praise God, it's free. I can't possibly earn it. But my blessings and my favor That's something I have to walk out. I can't be blessed if I'm living like I used to live. I'm saved, but I can't be blessed. So the more that I get closer to the Lord and the more that I I visualize things that I need to be doing, those doors get smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, I've shared this before, but Don can listen to certain types of music that I can't listen to. Um, I listen to it, and it takes me back to my testimony days. (laughs) He doesn't have that issue. So my first issue was not just to stop listening to the, the music. My first issue was not to judge him because he was. That was a very small door. It took a long time for me to figure that one out. But that's one of those areas that it's like, okay, that's not my job. I have a completely different path than what he has. And what God allows him to do is different than what he allows me to do. And how I respond to what he does has a whole lot to do with me. So our eye gate, what do we look at? Now, if you ask me what's one of my pastimes to relax... I will right away tell you up front, it's shopping. Not buying, but looking. I look at everything expensive I possibly can. Two reasons. Number one, I can find it cheaper someplace else, and I want to be able to know that it's a good item and it's in style. Number one. Number two, if I run into somebody at church who might be carrying a name brand handbag, I want to be able to go, I like your bag, sweetheart, and then just keep right on walking. I want to be able to to honor someone who has a lifestyle or an item or something that thank you very much. Thanks to both of you guys. <laughs> has a lifestyle or an item that they paid a price for and I'm going to acknowledge it. In my banking career, I liked having items that no one it wasn't obvious, I'll put it that way. I didn't have a four carat diamond more than willing to wear one, but at the time I didn't have a four-carat diamond. But I had 18-carat gold in in all the jewelry that I did have. 18-carat is just a little bit more goldy than a 14-carat and more than 10. But you can't really tell it unless you really know 18-carat gold. So that's one of those things that's understated. Another thing is uh, St. John Knits. Those were more popular several years ago, but They don't look expensive at all. They're just a nice knit outfit. And I had black pants, black skirt, black top, navy blue pants, navy blue skirt, navy blue top. And I would wear those whenever I spoke because they don't wrinkle. And there is a difference in the cut of garments when they're more expensive. They did hang better than some of my other things. However, when I first came to New Beginnings and I was asked to speak at the women's conference, I wore my black St. John Black pants, black top. Nothing special. Looked quite ordinary, except Margaret Megacy <laughs> was sitting behind me and tapped me on the shoulder and leaned in and said, excuse me, is that a St. John suit? And I went, yes, it is. And she goes, I thought so, and leaned back and was like, all right, I'm home. These people know what I'm wearing. <laughs> They're not mad about it. They don't tell me I spent too much money. They see it and they like it. My eye gate enjoys shopping. I like looking at houses, I like looking at books, I like looking at at stores, I like wandering through and just seeing things. Don likes to people watch, and he prefers to grab a cup of coffee, sit, sip the coffee while I run around in a shopping center. But that's something that I do to relax. My eye gate is very careful, though. If I see something in a window that what I perceive is inappropriate dress, I don't look. I don't stand there and go back and forth and talk about, you know, this pink store or whatever it is that's you know that don't don't go in there that's a bad thing. I don't judge. That's not my job. But I don't look. I'm thankful, I'm thankful that my husband does not look at other women. Um I'm strong enough that I could probably tolerate it, but it would have hurt my spirit if he had. And I don't know, he may secretly glance when I'm not looking, but I never see it. So for me He never looks at other women. (sighs) That's one of the gates that I see is secure and safe that causes me to feel okay. Now I'm sharing all this because I want you to recognize gates. I want you to realize that there are certain areas. So my eye gate, my ear gate. Commercials, boy, they've gotten really raunchy, haven't they? So sometimes when a commercial comes up, I kind of have to turn my head or start a conversation or go somewhere else. Again, not to judge the actors or the actresses that are in the commercials or somebody who's watching the commercial, but it's like, I'm not going to watch that. I also have to relax my eye gate when I walk through the church, quite honestly, because our younger generation dresses a little bit more scanty than what I was raised, and I have to be very careful not to look and go, oh my gosh, where's your mother? (laughs) It's a certain style. It's a certain way of being not my job to judge, but I've got an eye gate. I'm going to watch my eye gate. So we're going to watch our eye gate. We're going to watch our ear gate, what we listen to. I'm also going to watch my mouth. Satan is a legalist. And as soon as he hears the words fall out of our mouth, He's hot-footing it up to heavens, and he goes into the courts, and he lets God know. Yep, they, said they, were. they didn't say they were diagnosed with. They said they had this X, Y, Z, so that gives me the legal right to go in. He's a legalist. Think about that, a legalist. Because we are saved by grace, sometimes we just have this sloppy attitude about slippery through life on our way to heaven, and we have to be very, very careful about what falls out of our mouth. We also have to be careful about what comes into our ear as far as stories of other people. I was recently in a a more private setting meeting, and um, there were only one, two, three, four, four of us. And John Wilson was asked a question, a decent question, but his response was like slow motion. It's like, oh, my gosh, this is a mature man. Yes, I have heard things, but at this point... I'm not giving them life with my words. Think about that. I mean, how many times do I want to blah, blah, because I want something? <laughs> and I thought, huh. And I didn't even sit there going, I wonder what he knows. I wonder who told him. I wonder if it's true. I wonder if it's really something that we all need to know. I didn't even go there anymore because I've learned. Stay as far away from a temptation as you possibly can. You know, when I look at Adam and Eve and Satan coming as a serpent, I'm sure that serpent had been watching her. And I'm sure that Eve, when she was looking at that tree, knowing that she was not supposed to eat it, that she tried to figure out how close she could get to it and still be within obedience. And I think as soon as she drew that invisible line around that tree... And every morning ran to that invisible line and looked up at the tree and saw that it was really pretty and that the fruit looked really good. Maybe she even walked back and forth on that line, never crossing it. No, she wouldn't do that. But Satan looked at her and, well, I got her. I got her. She's got an interest. Do you remember when Pastor uh, Troy was preaching and he had the the men representing God the Father, God the Son, God around, it was Israel, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Israel that was inside. He didn't start trying to break through that line, did he? He started up really high, paying patty cake with him, just to see if he would respond. And then do you remember what he did after he played patty cake above that line? He went under the line, that's right, and got a little bit more aggressive because he goes, okay, I've got him to play patty cake. Do you remember in the beginning that that Israel really couldn't figure out the patty cake? Do you remember it was kind of off And and that's kind of how Satan does with us. Okay, they aren't hooked yet. They're just kind of off. They're looking at it, but they haven't done anything yet. I've got to get the rhythm right. I've got to get inside their head. I've got to do something enough to where I know I've got them. Just like what Satan saw with Eve. He knew if he just came straight towards her, she'd say no. But he had to engage her. So I stay way far away (laughs) from things that I know could be a problem for me. You see, not only are we here in the physical, doing life, learning about things, but we have a spiritual aspect that we need to understand as well. If I'm far away from the Lord, he hears my prayers, but it takes a bit longer to get those prayers answered. Now, the only exception to that, and Annette and I were talking about this morning, is sometimes you make a prayer, and and it's only even half-hearted, but you really want it, and then bam, the next thing you know, there it is. Those are such wonderful opportunities, and we get spoiled thinking like, well, I've got this down, and all I have to do is be on one leg, leaning out my window, and pray that prayer, and it's going to happen. No. God chooses when he's going to bless us, and at this season of my life, looking back, I think those aha, wow moments of prayer being answered are when the answer to that prayer is going to impact someone else. If you get a miracle healing, that's going to be an impact for the whole church. If you're able to go through a circumstance that other people would be crumbling under, that's a statement to the whole church. We have a neighbor, um, I'm not sure which nationality they are, um, but I'm not going to ask Don because he'll know. And I don't want to mention it, but um, when Don was diagnosed, he all of a sudden became really sweet and um, kind towards Don. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> it's <clears throat> it's a multi generational family, so the parents are there. The dad's a doctor. The dad bought the house. He set it up so that his mom and dad live there, and they have you know their own floor. He's got the floor upstairs. I believe he's married now. <clears throat> you don't think he's married? Oh, you don't know? Okay. You haven't been watching? Okay. <laughs> Oh, so nice. Wasn't that nice? That was nice. Anyway, multi generational. And um, so at, the, at first they didn't speak a lot of English, but Don would walk and, and he would say hello, and then they would talk. And then one day one of the sprinkler heads was broken, and Don thought it was ours, but it was actually theirs. So he bought the part and went out there and he was fixing the sprinkler head, realizing that, oh, it was on your property. Well, that's okay, I'll fix it. And the man just Became just every time Don's outside, he's going to come out and say hello to him. Just the sweetest, sweetest disposition. And it's like, hmm, that's a, that's a beginning. That's, that's a bridge. Don hasn't thumped a Bible at him or left a track on his door. <laughs> he knows that, <clears throat> that we're Christians, that we go to church on Sunday. But they've never had those conversations yet. But it's just a real sweet action. I think that goes a lot farther for us to spread the good news of Jesus Christ than standing with a bullhorn on a corner. <laughs> now, I'm hesitant to share this, but this is the truth. When Don reestablishes his relationship with the Lord... It was a maniac preacher. (laughs) You heard me share the story. My church was very quiet. It was in little Baptist Church. We sang the first and second verse of all these hymns, and no more. And you sat in your seat. You never said amen, and certainly you didn't raise your hand. And this guest speaker, we have no idea where he came from, was a screamer and a yeller, and he was running and spitting. It's like, oh, my gosh. But God knew what Don needed, and God knew that, for whatever reason, Don was going to say yes to coming to church that morning, that morning. And he knew what he needed to have in order to come into the full relationship with Jesus Christ. The other thing here, here are some of our people. Yep, this is our couple. Are you guys okay? Yeah. All right. We'll finish up that piece and then go to the what we believe. Because as is our custom when we have someone that we want to introduce. Um they'll be open in about 10 minutes for your little one. Okay. So, and you can bring your older daughter in cause I, she's well-behaved and it won't bother me at all. All right. This is Eli. So I'm just finishing up, Eli, about um, Pastor Larry teaches, as you're aware, that everything happens in the physical and the spiritual. And so we have to watch the gates. Uh, We were talking about the Torah portion for uh, uh, Moses establishing all the different levels of security so that he didn't have to deal with the millions of people. And then we talked about how when you go to an airport to fly, you just flew from Puerto Rico, you know, all the things that you have to go through. And so what that tells us for our spiritual walk is that we need to watch our eye gate, our ear gate, our mouth gate, and stay far away from temptation. So that's that lesson. The, um, and I'm going to hand these to Deb. If you can give him two of them, I'm going to keep one. I need one. Thank you. So this is our volunteer ministry application. We're redoing it again because some of the things that it talked about uh, you might want to volunteer for, um, we really don't need anymore, but we need some other things, so we added to it. And the Statement of Faith on the back, they're going to put a signature line. Uh, It's not on these that we have right now, but they're going to put a signature line so that everyone understands that when they sign that, that this is what we teach here. It doesn't mean that there aren't wonderful preachers and teachers and lessons and things available to us in the world. It just means that this is Pastor Larry's house. And these are the things that he sanctions. It's his call. So any time that I'm unwilling to stand in the line with his call, when I think I have an idea that he ought to be doing, I'm in rebellion. That's just as ugly as it is. And rebellion divides the house. And a divided house cannot stand. So those of us who have been with Pastor and Tiz for a number of years, it does not mean we don't go to other con- uh, conferences. It does not mean we don't read other books. It means that when we are standing, teaching, or doing anything that representing Pastor Slary and Tiz, that we do it their way. In Portland, Disney now has kind of a tainted name. But in Portland, we always say, you know, this is how you do it at Disneyland. <laughs> and this is how you do it at New Beginnings. So our very first statement of faith is, is we believe that the Bible in its entirety is the inspired word of God and is true. Now, it has a scripture there. And you're welcome to pick up one of these at the Welcome Center if you just kind of want to go through it. It's also on our website. We believe in one God, creator of heaven and earth, who has revealed himself in the scriptures. Hi, Yvonne. You can go ahead and give it to Annette, and she'll take care of it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Although our Bible was kind of rewritten um, and retranslated several times, the message of salvation is very plain. There's no way to get away from that. So it doesn't matter if something here doesn't match something there or a word. Uh, all of a sudden you take offense at it. It's like, eh, nah, the, the plan of salvation is there. And the plan of living a holy life is there. We are fortunate enough here at New Beginnings that we have a pastor that reads Hebrew and can translate those words so that we get a little bit closer interpretation of what God was saying. But we're already saved because it was in there. And I probably should mention too, Pastor Larry always says when they say, what Bible translation should I use? Which is the best? And he will say, whichever one you're reading is the best because he's always told the staff, it doesn't matter. I don't care even if they've taken out the pronouns. God is going to work through his word and they will move from one translation to another, to another, and keep going and they will have a library of books. But whatever translation they're reading, that's the one that we're going to go with. We believe that Jesus Christ, Yeshua, is the Messiah and the Son of God. And we also believe in his virgin birth, his sinless life, and his miracles. We believe in his complete and atoning death, his bodily resurrection, his ascension to the right hand of God, the Father, and in his personal return to the earth in power and glory, and that he is now both Lord and Christ. To look at the life of Christ and realize that he was just a regular person, but what I observe in the New Testament is how many times that he went away to a private place and prayed. (laughs) because he needed direction. He needed to know what to do. He also knew which disciples were going to make it and which ones were going to screw up. He didn't judge them either. Even Judas. He was at that last supper. He got everything that all the others got. And looking with a Western mentality at everything that took place, it's kind of hard to understand how someone could follow Uh, jesus for so long and then think that you could do something to bring about his kingdom because judas really thought that with he if he forced jesus to show his hand that he would come and establish his kingdom here on earth but that's not what happened (laughs) but it was all part of god's plan now annette and i were having a conversation before class started about god's plan And how so often we believe certain things are going to happen. We pray for it. We get prayers of agreement. Um, We maybe plant a seed, an offering. And sometimes it doesn't happen. For me, that moment of, oh my gosh, was when I was diagnosed with cancer and one of my good girlfriends was diagnosed. And she had three little girls. They were just beginning, the oldest one, to start high school. Now, my daughter was raised, so I could have easily gone home to heaven. Don could have found another wife. Life would have gone on just the same as, as before. But for whatever reason, praise God, God chose to heal me, and he took her home to heaven, left those three little girls, and a husband. And for about a week and a half, I was going, why, 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 why? I mean, she was a friend. I saw the pain in the girl's eyes. And at some point in your life, you'll come to the realization, God is God. He's going to do what he does. It doesn't matter what I think, what I feel. I need to shake it off and say, help my unbelief, Lord, because that one shook me up. So help me understand what I need to understand, not understand everything, but help me understand what I need to understand so that I can move forward. And what came out of all that was, I left you here, so don't mess it up, Nancy. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that was over 30 years ago, and I've been working. Like, Keep me on the right path, Lord. Keep me on the right path. You gave me life. You woke me up this morning. Keep me on the right path. So I pray for those three girls. I was friends with them on, on social media, so I watched all three of them get married. And I um, still don't know to this day, but I know I'm here, so I don't look at that and think, darn I look at that and go, thank you, Lord, that you allowed me to stay alive. Now give me something to do. Her husband's been okay. He did remarry. He's got a good, godly wife, and so he's, he's going on with his life. But those are the things we don't understand. I'm not sure Pastor Larry could have gone through the diagnosis when Tiz, after Lyon was diagnosed, uh, when Tiz got diagnosed, if he hadn't had a brother, a Jewish brother, say, sometimes we go through things so that we can bring hope to those around us. Sometimes God allows something around us because he's going to be with us. And I can tell you without a doubt, I was never closer to the Lord. Even today, I was never closer to the Lord than when I was getting my healing from cancer. We had such a sweetness every single day. Now, I would not want that again. I'm not asking for it, Lord. I'm just saying (laughs) that sometimes when we go through things, it's just such a sweet time that you just hang on to the Lord and know that... Oh, it's going to be okay. Well, I'm not going to get through all of these things. We believe in restoring the Jewish Jewish roots of the Christian faith, that as believers, we are gathered into Israel, grafted into Israel, and the revelation and heritage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through faith in the Messiah. That's how we get grafted in. We believe in celebrating Shabbat and the biblical holidays and then the importance of restoring biblical symbols of faith, including the Talit and the menorah. Now, we don't do everything Jewish. If you go um, to Israel, you'll see a lot of things that you're like, wow, I've never seen that before. I don't light that candle at the end of Shabbat. I know a lot of people do, but um, I don't I don't light the candle at the end of Shabbat. So, um, Some of it is ceremonious. And some of you may at one point go, oh, but it's such a sweet thing. I would not want to give that up. Then that's what you need to do. (laughs) And for others of us, it's like, you know, okay, I light my candles. That's something that I I do, whether Don's in the room or not. I say those prayers. That's something I do, whether Don's in the room or not, because it, it has nothing to do with my immediate family. It has to do with my responsibility to pull the Sabbath blessing into my house. And if I look at Don and think, he doesn't ever come in here when I light the candles, then I've lost my blessing and I've lost the blessing to the house. So again, I don't judge. I don't complain. I just light my candles. And most often Don will come in and say, ah, thank you. And we have a nice evening together. Sometimes we have wine sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have bread, sometimes we don't. But we always light the candles and we always have first fruit offerings. You guys, you're the, the couple that's here now, they're the ones that I talked about. Um, you probably don't ever see what I, when I open and close services, but um, I mentioned that it was the wife that was watching Pastor Larry and really digging into the teachings. He watched as well, but she was really into the teachings. And she wanted to give a first fruit offering. And so she's a biblical woman, so she went to her husband and asked. He's a biblical man. He said no. And then he came back and said, okay, I love my wife. I can see that she really believed in this. Uh, Yes. So he gave her a budget, and uh, because they had just had a child. And so things were kind of tight sometimes when you have an extra responsibility. (laughs) So she wrote the check. He wrote the check. Whoever wrote the check, they sent it in. And, um, then she was happy because, you know, that was, she'd done her responsibility, but he was watching. And that's when he shared with me that he had a heart to heart with God. He's driving in his car. He goes, Lord. Okay. I did what my wife wanted. I made that seed offering. And my wife said, and I saw in your word and I saw pastor Larry teach that when we give you give back, I haven't seen anything. He's in his car. I always love those car exchanges. And suddenly the Lord just dropped into his spirit and said, Oh, my son, did you not notice that shortly after that offering went in, I healed your wife? He's like, whoa. Um, I hadn't. I'm sorry, Lord. And don't you know when God shows us something, you know, rather than hiding at least for me, I run, and it's like I'm, I'm putting my head on his shoulder, like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was so silly of me. Father, forgive me. That's, that's when we know that it, it's, it's not a condemnation. It's a correction, and we can just pull together, and, and we don't feel separated at all. So he was asking for forgiveness and praising God and just let go of all the financial things that he was looking for and just kept right on going, going, okay, yep, you healed my wife, and whew, praise God for that. And then they got this crazy invitation to a dinner from somebody that was going to their church. They'd never had social gatherings with this couple before. And they're like, well, sure, we'll go go to dinner. And so they joined the family. And when they got there, he handed them an envelope. And he said to them, God told me to give you this money. Yep, you know it. It was more than what he had given for the first fruit offering. It was like God double-doubled (laughs) them. (laughs) <laughs> he took care of the immediate issue of healing his wife. And then he blessed him with the financial return. That's how our God works. And you know, he's not hurt at all when we get mad. I'm not sure the financial peace would have come if you hadn't had that honest conversation with your heavenly father. Say, I was believing for this. what well, What happened? And God was able to speak to you and draw you in so that you felt even closer to him. And then when the financial piece came, it was like a, wow, God is good. Now, I couldn't keep them quiet about that piece. We actually have it on video when they came to visit us. And I love sharing this story because it's so true for so many of us. We hear a teaching, we do something, and then we're like, well, that didn't work. Because we're looking. We're limiting God. We're looking in just one slice. And if we keep our vision just from that one slice, we may miss his blessing. God wants us blessed. So we need to sow to honor him with a first fruit offering or whatever it is. Today you have an an opportunity, by the way, to sow into Ignite because they're doing a car wash. I told Don I don't want my car washed, but I'll give money. I already gave. Oh, me too. Well, then he got double blessed. Yeah, I gave, I gave cash to Bruno when I was coming down to class, <laughs> Pastor Bruno. <laughs> anyway, you'll have an opportunity to, to sow seed into that. Um, it's going to be for a missionary in, in uh, Brazil. So anyway, God will give you opportunities, but it's not like we stand back and watch. You know, what's going to happen? How, how, where's this going to come from? That's where you have to have that attitude of gratitude to where you're always looking for where it is that God's going to bless you. And don't you know he shows up always? Not necessarily on my timeline. Tracy knows that. She was waiting for a job. She knew it was hers. The boss said it was hers. Everybody knew it was hers. And it just didn't come (laughs) until it did. (laughs) So we just kind of have to stay grateful, keep our confession good, watch our eye gate, our ear gate, our mouth gate, what we listen to, stay far away from any temptation that might take us off track. And realize that we are saved by grace. We cannot earn it. But all the blessings and everything else in life comes because we're on the right path. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you've called us to be aligned with this ministry at this time. Lord, we realize that there are a lot of churches around, a lot of good churches. But you have called these people here because of the gifts and the talents that they have. You have put them in this ministry to help Pastors Larry and Tiz spread the good news of the love and the price that Jesus paid for us to be whole. Now, bless each person that's here this morning, Heavenly Father. Bless those that will be listening to this podcast later on. And help us, Father, to put guards on all the gates that come inside of us. Help us to guard our hearts and our mind in Christ Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless ya.